All right, have your Bibles with you. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to get right into the word of the Lord this morning. And we're going to wrap up this series we've been doing entitled The Quest for God's Wisdom to Keep Life on Target. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 17. To see then that you walk carefully, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Not being unwise, but being wise. So living carefully means to live our life accurately, means to pay close attention to, to all our decision-making processes, all the choices that we're making. You know, pay very careful attention to every detail of your life. The quest that we're on, the quest for God's wisdom is to, is to keep life on target and to avoid getting off course. You know, we won't stay on course by ourselves. Without staying focused, without paying careful, accurate attention, we will drift off course and we will not arrive at the destiny that God has designed for us and we will find ourselves being disappointed as a result of it. And many times we're wondering, well, gee, how did, where did I get off course? Where did, where did life start going sideways? And, you know, just where, where, did, where did I mess up? Well, many times it's not one big critical choice that you made. Many times it can be an, an accumulation of, of uh, just small decisions that were made that weren't necessarily the best decision. And as they, as they accumulate, we find ourselves veering off course and not going in the direction that we're going into. You find yourself more in debt than you ever thought you would be. You find yourself uh, uh, weighing more than you ever thought you would weigh. You find yourself behind more than you ever thought you'd be behind or just whatever it may be. And it just, it, it didn't happen overnight. You, you are where you are at, over, as a result of a process of time and decisions that have been made. And if we're not content with that, if we're not pleased with that, and we don't think we may be uh, accurately displaying the will of God in our lives, then we can, the good news is, is we serve an awesome God who's merciful, he's graceful, we can make course correction, he will help us, he will help us redeem the time for the days are evil. Uh, you say, well, I can't get that time back. Well, no, we don't, we can't get lost time back, but the Holy Spirit can certainly help us make up for things that have been lost. And again, that's not a license just to be sloppy about it and think the Holy Spirit will help me later. Uh, that, that the idea there is, is okay, I realize that I, I, I'm in this situation because I've been making a series of, of choices that were not the best choices, but I see that now. My eyes have been opened. I see it, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be more careful from this point forward. I'm going to pay accurate attention to every decision that I'm making, and the Holy Spirit will come alongside you, help you to get to your desired destiny. So the good news is, is God loves you. Amen. He's for you. He's not against you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? So we can see here in these verses that it's very important that as we walk, walking carefully, not as fools, but as wise. I mean, the contrast there is so stark. It's not really like, now what really does that mean, Pastor Ray? Well, let me give you the Greek this morning. It means don't be a fool, be wise. And that's as deep as it gets. And if you don't get it, <laughs> we have some counselors available for you after the service. <laughs> don't be a fool, but be wise. So the call to live wise, the call to be wise is a call for moral and spiritual discernment. 
That's really what it's all about. They call for moral and spiritual discernment. You know, you have a discerning heart. You have a discerning spirit about yourself. You know, you can discern when something's good or when something's not good or something's right or something's wrong. You have that discernment. And the the maturity we want to come to is that when we have that spiritual discernment that something's not the best, it's it's not all that good, then, okay, then back away from it and make the better choice. Make the better choice. So it's also, it involves being wise, also includes being able, having a practical skill in decision-making, a practical skill in decision-making, and that you come to a place where you can make good choices, wise choices. Proverbs 3, 5 tells us that we're never to lean on our own understanding, but in all of our ways we are to, to uh, trust in him. And, and so don't be trusting your own natural mind, but learn to develop the spirit of God with, and the spirit of wisdom within you. Turn with me now, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 1. We, wanna, we want to just look at a couple of those verses again, the introduction of the book of Proverbs and wisdom. So let me read just a few verses from Proverbs chapter 1. Beginning at verse 1, it says, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. And the reason, verse 2, is to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive words, the words of understanding. In other words, to discern, to understand. Verse 3, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will acquire or attain wise counsel. To understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. Verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So to receive, verse 3 says, to receive instruction and wisdom. That's what the Proverbs are for. The book of wisdom has been, it's been recorded for us, and it's to impart instruction and wisdom unto us. And not only the book of Proverbs, but you know, the entire word of God, is, of course, is, is the wisdom of God. But primarily it's what he's saying here about the Proverbs that, that, that Solomon the son of, of King David, he wrote these, and they are for our benefit, and they are to, so that we might receive in the instruction, the instruction of wisdom. Notice it's not just receive instruction, but you're re- receiving the instruction of wisdom. Everyone say the instruction of wisdom. There's a lot of teaching. There's a lot of instruction going on, but not all instruction is the wisdom of God. So make sure that the instruction that you are submitting yourself to is the wisdom of God. Notice, do not, we are, as we are submitted to receiving the instruction of the wisdom of God, we, we want to continue to have our hearts open and receptive at all times. Notice, a wise person, a wise person understands that instruction is a way of life. Instruction of wisdom is a way of life. In Proverbs 6:23, it tells us that a wise person understands that reproof, reproofs of instruction are the way of life to keep you from, in that particular context, it's about keeping you from the immoral woman. Well, you should read through that and, and take the proper applications to that concerning keeping you from immorality. 
but also just take it even broader than that and recognize that reproofs of instructions are the way of life to keep you from distress, to keep you from poverty, to keep you from your life being in ruin, to keep you from relationship disasters, to keep you from whatever it is that's, that's causing you to get off course. The, the, the instructions, reproofs of instruction. So my observations in life is that wise, the wise men and women that I know and that I have observed over time are people that are constantly open to the instruction of wisdom. They are learners. Teach me. I don't know everything. Uh, help me pay attention, to use discernment here, and to pay close attention to what's going on in life. And you will always be in that, in that posture to, to keep your heart open and receptive, and the leading of the Holy Spirit is, is very important to a wise person, that discernment, moral discernment, making good choices in, in many different arenas of life. And as a matter of fact, I think a wise person is, is the person has a, that has life flowing in, in every arena of life. There are some people that are, for example, you might know some people that are very, very wise when it comes to, uh, to business and finance and have, you know, have the Midas touch. Everything they invest in turns to gold. And they're just prospering. But their relation, when it comes to relationships, they, they may be just complete mess. Very chaotic. Well, you know, because they're, they're trained in one area but not trained in another. Or they may have those two areas going, but health is a mess or something else is a mess. Well, the good news is, is we can become wise in every area of life. You don't have to be wise in only one area. It also means, you, it doesn't mean that you have to be an expert in everything, but you have to be open to in the instruction of wisdom. For example, I'm not a financial guru, but uh, we have a financial planner. And that's, that's his responsibility. That, that, that's his area of expertise, and, and uh, we, we trust him. Nancy and I, we trust our financial planner. You know, that, that's his area of expertise. Now, we're interested in it. I like to learn what I can learn, but I don't have the time to give to it as he does. That's his full-time vocation. That's, that's the business that he's in is in financial planning. I trust medical experts. I don't have time to become a doctor of medicine. I already have a PhD. Power to handle the devil. <laughs> and I'm going to stay focused in that area. Amen. Amen. But we need doctors. We need expertise in many different areas. So, but, but, so I'm always open to the instruction of these people that are experts in different areas. And wise men and women are open to that. And, and, and you are wise to be a recipient to the people that are trained in, in the various areas and arenas of life. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11 and 12, Proverbs 3, 11 and 12, says, My son, despise not the chastening or the discipline of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he despises. No? In whom he delights. So let's read that again. My son, do not despise the chastening or the, the discipline of the Lord, nor detest his 
correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. Notice the wisdom to receive the instruction or to receive the, the correction in wisdom. It's never to be punitive. When God is bringing correction into your life and you are open to receive the instruction of wisdom, it's because he's delighting in you. And so many times I've experienced in life when people are talking about uh, being disciplined or, or, or needing to receive the instruction, they, they think it's something punitive, they think that because they, they, they failed or, or God's not pleased with them and God's just trying to, you know, to be mean uh, toward them and that he's not delighting in them. But I want you to know that when you receive the instruction of wisdom from the Lord, it's because he is delighting in you. He loves you. He loves you, and he wants you to become even wiser, to become even more proficient in your decision-making. He wants you to pay even more careful attention, to be even more accurate in, in, in the details of your life. I know sometimes it can be, my gosh, you know, can't, can't we just be, have a little bit of sanguine in us and just let's just have fun, let's just get together and have a party and let's not think about tomorrow, let's not think about next week, let's not think about next year. Can we just not be talking about 10 years from now? Can we not be talking about 20 years from now? Can't we just have fun today? <laughs> sometimes sanguines think, you know, you, know, you know, people that are walking in wisdom have no fun whatsoever, they're a bunch of prudes. We're not talking about being a bunch of prudes, but we're talking about having a very striking, a very careful, accurate, paying close attention to all the details of life. And when we learn to do that, it actually will free us up to have fun. It really does. And thank you for your overwhelming enthusiasm of that. Say, <laughs> Pastor Ray, would you just end it? I just want to have fun. The sun's shining today. I have to go back to work tomorrow. <laughs> What you're about to receive today will bless you a whole lot more than your day at work tomorrow. So just hang in there and receive the instructions of wisdom. All right? Are you ready for it this morning? To receive the instruction of wisdom. And in Proverbs 3, again, do not despise the instruction to be educated or to be instructed. The word, uh, when it talks about chastening here, it refers to, the, to educate, to instruct. It also refers to a disciplinary attitudes and actions that lead to one's betterment in life or to one's education. So it's something that's really good for us. The instruction or the chastening of the Lord is not something, again, it's not punitive, and it's because God is delighting in you. And again, a wise person understands. Everyone say this. Say, I understand that reproofs of instruction from my pastor are a way of life. Amen. And it's to keep you from being snared by the enemy. The enemy is roaming about seeking who he may devour, but the instructions and reproofs of life are to keep you not only from the immoral woman, the immoral man, but immoral in any area of life. It's, to, it's for our protection. Now turn to Hebrews chapter 12. We want to pick up on this, the concept of correction and instruction of the Lord. The New King James still uses the word uh, Chastening, but I think some of the newer translations, most of them use the word discipline. So let's look at this. I'm going to begin reading at verse 3 through 13. I'm going to read quite a bit, but I'm going to come over 
Go back over it and give you some highlights of it for your instruction, for your training, and then it's for your application. In Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 3, it's referring to the, the, the discipline of God. Remember, God disciplines the child that he takes delight in, not in who he detests, but in whom he delights. It says, for consider this, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted the bloodshed, striving against sin, and, and you have... And, have, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the discipline or the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. So again, we're not to despise the discipline of the Lord. Discipline of the Lord nor be discouraged by him when you are rebuked by him. I'll be honest with you, I personally, my flesh, my feelings don't like to be rebuked. I don't like it when I receive a rebuke. You say, well, Pastor Ray, have you ever received a rebuke? Who would rebuke you? You're the pastor, you're the president of the church, you're the boss. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. Remind me of that, <laughs> okay? There's plenty of people that feel it's their position to, to give rebuke. Sometimes it's right on, spot on, and sometimes it's just being nibby-nosy. But anyway, when it's a... <laughs> I'm whining and complaining right now, so let's move on. I love discipline, because every time I'm disciplined, it's a reminder that God loves me. Like we remind our children, this discipline, this spanking you're about to receive is for your benefit. <laughs> How many kids you believed that when you heard that from your parents? This is for your betterment. I don't want to do this. This hurts me as much as it hurts you. This is, you know, this will make your life better. Now just bend over the bed and let me smack your bottom. <laughs> that may not be politically correct today, but so what? So don't despise discipline, don't despise correction. Verse 7, if you endure chastening or discipline, God deals with you as with sons, for what son is there whom a father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? Now, I want you to pause just there, pause here just for a moment, because here is a contrast between a natural father or natural parents and your spiritual father, your heavenly father, God. Now, let's look at it again. Look at this. If you are without discipline, you become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Verse 9. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. So your human fathers corrected. Your human fathers bring correction in the flesh, in the natural realm. And we pay them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits? Everyone say the father of spirits. The father of spirits and live. 
your heavenly Father brings you discipline and correction in the spirit realm. Everyone say the spirit realm. So it's important that you understand this because it will keep you from being confused when you are going through some type of affliction, some type of ailment, that you are thinking, oh, God must be disciplining me. God does not discipline in the flesh. He disciplines in the spirit. So anything that, any adversity in your flesh, don't just, don't make the statement that, well, God is disciplining me. He's punishing me because he wants to get my attention. God deals with you in your spirit. It's a spirit-to-spirit relationship. Those who worship God worship him in spirit and in truth. God deals with us as with his spiritual sons. Your, your natural father may have spanked your butt and you felt the physical pain of it, but your heavenly father is not spanking you physically so that you can suffer the consequences of the pain. Now, being disciplined in the realm of the spirit, when your heart is for God, that can also cause pain or remorse. Oh, I feel so bad. Matter of fact, I personally think that being disciplined in the spirit and receiving spiritual discipline, it, it, to me, sometimes I'd say, just spank my butt and let me go. <laughs> you know, you know, it only lasts for a few moments, but sometimes spiritual discipline seems like it can go on for a while. And again, it doesn't go on for a while because God is detesting us. He's delighting us and is simply bringing us into compliance to his will. So the sooner we shape it up and get in, come into compliance with his will, the, the sooner we will get through this process of, of this training process. That was free. That wasn't in my notes. So you just take that and run with it. Verse 10. For they indeed for a few days chasten us as seems best to them. Notice that the natural in the natural realm is what's best for the parents. See that, kids? You were right all along. The parents were lying to you and they said, this is for your benefit. It was for the parents' benefit. The scriptures declare this. It's for their benefit. Well, I want a do-over. <laughs> So anyway, in the natural, it's for the parents' benefit, but he for our benefit, for our profit. Everyone say, for my profit, God disciplines me. So his God's discipline and correction, a wise person understands that it's for my profit. Now, when you have a profit, does that add to your life or strip away from your life? Is that something that adds to your life? So it's something that's adding to you. So the things that are stripping away from you, you know, that's not the discipline of the Lord. The discipline of the Lord should be resulting in you profiting, that we may be partakers of his holiness. You're going to be living a life of purity. Verse 11, now no discipline or no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it, to those who have been trained by it. So, discipline, meaning to educate or to instruct. The disciplinary attitudes and actions that lead to one's betterment in life or to one's education. None of it seems to be joyous. None of it seems to be, oh, wow, this is really fun, Pastor Ray. Give me some more of this. Oh, wow, God, you know, just, just bring it on. I mean, I, 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 I'm just enjoying all these rebukes. I'm enjoying you checking my 
bad attitude. I'm really enjoying you telling me that my attitude stinks and I need to do something with it. I'm really enjoying you reminding me that I need to be the one that walks in forgiveness, whether the other people forever forgive me or ever say they're sorry. I really enjoy that. Are you with me? That's what the discipline of the Lord is, because it's God's will and it's God's wisdom that you walk in forgiveness. It's God's will and God's wisdom that we have a good attitude. It's God's will and God's wisdom that we gird up the loins of our minds and that we think soberly. We think along the lines of God's word. We're thinking on those things that are good and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. That's God's will for us. And when we're not doing that, and he reminds us of that, whether it be through our spouse, through our our friends, or through our pastor, or through our reading the word or listening to the word, you know, we're, we're going through life and we're really wrestling in a relationship that, 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 you know, that's at odds and we just can't seem to have reconciliation and you're just waiting for the person to come and admit that they were wrong and ask you to, for, and, and, and to say to you, I'm so sorry, I was so wrong, please forgive me. You're waiting for that so that you can also finally say, it's okay, I forgive you too. But the Holy Spirit is saying, disciplining you to say, do you know what? I want you to go to that person that offended you, and I want you to go to that person and tell them that you love them and you forgive them and that all is well. That hurts. That's painful. That's painful when people backstab you and you have to take the high road. It's painful when people gossip about you and you have to keep your mouth shut. It's painful when you know the scoop, when you know the backstory, but you are not allowed to tell it because the Holy Spirit said don't spread that because a person that walks in love will cover a multitude of sins. So you won't just go spreading sin. But Pastor Ray, it's true. I know it's true. It doesn't matter if it's true. You still don't need to be talking about it. If you're going to walk in love, you'll cover a multitude of sin. Are you feeling disciplined? Are you liking it? (laughs) Does it feel good? You want some more? Can we, come on, Pastor Ray. This is really, I mean, I'm feeling it today. Pour it on. No discipline seems to be joyous, but afterward it produces the positive results to those who have been trained by it. Everyone say trained by it. Trained by it. From the, you do a word study on that particular word, train, it's, it's where we ended up getting our English word, gym, gymnasium. Train gymnasium. Well, I don't go to the gym. <laughs> I know you don't. That may be some of your problem. Jumping to conclusions and running down your neighbors does not count as a road big exercise. You must do something more than that. So training. It produces positive results to those that submit to the vigorous and strenuous discipline in order to achieve the desired results. To be trained means that you submit to the vigorous and strenuous discipline in order to achieve the desired results. In the natural, if you're going to get your body in shape, you have to go through vigorous, strenuous discipline to achieve the desired results. Otherwise, Mother Nature and the law of gravity will just take over rapidly, come in with a vengeance. 
That's why it takes vigorous, strenuous discipline to achieve the desired results. Spiritually, to be trained spiritually, to become wise, to be a wise person, to keep life on target, to always be making good choices means that we, you need to be trained in that area, means you need to discipline yourself to be trained through a vigorous, strenuous discipline in order to achieve your desired results. That means you must discipline yourself to be a student of the Word of God. You must discipline yourself to, to, to train yourself to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. If you, don't, if you don't take it serious and you don't apply yourself to a vigorous, strenuous routine, the voices of this world will crowd out the whisper of the Holy Spirit. But you train yourself. No, I can, I can hear. I can submit. I can yield to God's voice in the midst of all the voices in this world. Many distractions, but I'm training myself to I'm training myself to shut out the noise of the world, and I'm training myself to, to hear the voice of the inward witness. I am disciplining and becoming stronger and healthier and wiser as a result of submitting to the discipline of Almighty God that in the middle of all the chaos that's going on in my environment, all the chaos that's going on in my world, I am purposing disciplining myself to, to quiet myself and to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Which direction should I be going in? What should I be saying in this circumstance? What should I not be saying? What should I be doing? What should I, what should I not be doing? Trust in the Lord with all my heart. Lean not on my own understanding, but in all my ways. I'm going to say all my ways. All my ways, I'm acknowledging the wisdom of God. Wise men and women acknowledge the wisdom and the will of God in every arena of life. You continue reading here in Hebrews chapter 12. In, uh, Hebrews 12, verse 12 begins with the word, therefore. And it's broken up in my, in my Bible here, talking about the discipline of God. Then I have a subtitle next. It says, Renew Your Spiritual Vitality. It's like it's a different subject, but it's not a different subject. It continues to flow. Renew your spiritual vitality. You see the parallel there? Renew your spiritual vitality. Well, renew your physical strength. Get back in shape. Start walking. Start exercising. Start something. Do what you need to do to become to get your physical body in shape. Likewise, your spirit, you spiritually, get yourself back in shape. Submit yourself to the discipline, the, the rigors routine of, and, and exercise of submitting yourself to the instruction and the correction and the wisdom of Almighty God. But here in verse 12 says, Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. But rather be healed. So make straight paths for your feet. Now this Language being used here in, in wisdom language, straight or level path is a common image in wisdom literature for God's way of right living. For God's way of right living. So make straight paths for your feet. It's talking about make way for right living. You make the way for right living. You discipline yourself. You submit to it. You receive the instruction of God, and, and you say, okay, I'm going to make a way 
of, of right living. I'm going to submit to the word of God. I'm going to submit to the Holy Spirit of God. I'm going to submit to the wisdom of God. I'm going to submit and, and receive all that God has for me. And in verse 13, it says, Make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated. The word lame there is another image. It's an image of being exhausted or the crippling effect of spiritual discouragement. Are you spiritually discouraged? Are you frustrated with where you are or are not in life? Are you happy with what's happening in your spiritual walk? Are you happy and, 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 and joyfully pursuing God and uh, purposely and joyfully worship, being a worshiper of God and purposely and joyfully being a student of the Word of God, or is it all kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really discouraged. I'm kind of, Pastor Ray, if I'm honest with you, I'm going through the motions. I've been there many times, going through the motions, just going through the motions, not feeling anything. Matter of fact, if I'm honest, I probably am feeling something, but it's not something you should know about. Going through the motion. But the good news is, is we come back, we can come back, recalibrate, get back with God, say, God, I'm, I'm open. Give me your wisdom. Bring correction. Bring correction. I want to make straight paths for my feet. I don't want to be walking crooked. I don't want to be walking off all the rabbit trails going this way and that way. I want to walk straight down the path that you have for me in every arena of life. I don't want to be exhausted. I don't want to have the crippling effect of spiritual discouragement in my life. That's not the wisdom of God. That's not a place to be. That's a very vulnerable place to be. So you don't want to be spiritually lame. Say, lame? Well, have you been lame in your patience lately? Patience wearing thin? Have you been lame concerning faithfulness? Have you been lame and you fill in the blanks? Your peace and joy, has that gone lame on you? It's not strong, it's not vibrant, there's no vitality there. I'm, I'm exhausted, my patients are worn thin, I, I'm struggling to be faithful, I'm struggling to have any type of peace and joy, I'm wrestling with spiritual discouragement day in and day out. What is the number one area in your life in which you need God's discipline. What have you been doing or have you not been doing to bring discipline to that part of your life? I think you know the answer. If you don't, I'll close by just offering you just a few suggestions. And again, these are suggestions. I'm not reading your mail. Perhaps I am, but do you want me to continue? You want me to just stop now? Let me tell you some areas you may be dislocated in or, or lame in or your knees may be feeble in, all pictures of spiritual discouragement. What areas of discipline and correction? What about your vocabulary? Is that in alignment with what God's will is for you to be speaking? You know, the Bible instructs us to only say those things that are encouraging and edifying, build one another up, not to be speaking negative, not to be speaking gloom and doom, but to always be speaking life. Shall I stop now? <laughs> no. Beat me. <laughs> Instruct me, Pastor Ray. I want to be a wise person. 
I'm going to stop there. You know what God's speaking to you. You really do know what he's speaking to you. I want to encourage you to tap into that and say, God, okay, bring correction to that area. Let, let's, let's get it straightened out. I've been lame in this area for so long. I've been, I, I, I've been slack in this area. I've been weak-kneed in this area. I really need to get my strength. I need to get my vitality back. Spiritual strength, spiritual vitality. I need to become strong again. I want to be trained by the discipline and by the wisdom of Almighty God. Your quest to keep life on target remind, uh, requires that you be spiritually fit. Apple came out with a new product, Fitbit, and I think we're going to uh, be talking to them about coming out with a spiritual application of a Fitbit. <laughs> it's always going to remind you, you need to get up and move. Every couple, every couple seconds or every couple minutes is going to remind you you need to pray, you need to forgive, you need to do this or you need to do that. Does that sound like wisdom? Okay. Well, until that shows up, your internal Holy Spirit is your Fitbit. And it's going to keep you, it's always reminding you. You think it's something really awesome when this little thing on your wrist tells you, you know, okay, you did 5,000 steps, you need to do 2,000 more. Or you, you need to get up and move, or you need to do this or that. It's like, man, it's so, it's so old. It's so behind the Spirit of God. It is so late. The Spirit of God within us is constantly saying, smile, be joyful, be patient, walk in love, keep your mouth shut, speak kindness. If you're going to open it, speak kindness. Yes, be the first to forgive. Yes, be a good steward. Yes, give 10% tithe to the church. Yes, 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 you should do it. And then the Holy Spirit reminds you, oh, you didn't give this week. What's wrong with my Fitbit? It's like, there's nothing wrong with it. You're, it, it it's working. It's bringing discipline. It's saying, you will always have an abundance in every area, every good work. And I promised you five minutes ago I'm going to stop, and I got started again. So, Father, in Jesus' name, as we bring this series on the quest to keep our lives on target, the quest for the wisdom of God, I pray for every household represented here, every individual, I pray for the wisdom of God. I thank you, Lord, that you are leading, guiding, and directing in your grace, in your wisdom, and you are interested in us. You delight yourself in us, and that's why you want to bring course correction in every area of our lives to each and every one of us. Not because you are detesting us, but you are delighting in us. So, Father, thank you for showing your delight to every person here and every person uh, hearing this teaching, whatever media they're listening to. I thank you, Lord, that in Jesus' name, name above all names, as you delight in us, you are bringing about manifesting your will, your wisdom, keeping our life on course in the name of Jesus, name above all names. And all the people said, Amen. 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 Praise God.